Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 157. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Ian. Hey! And Mac. Hi. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and of course, the dumbass himself. Yeah. Feeling the vibe. Feeling the vibe. Wow. I I hear somebody's uh, vibrator going off. How is everybody doing yeah, this evening? I don't evening? know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, I'm, I have I have acquired knowledge at a at a high cost. I learned that uh, I learned what can be fit in a Honda Civic, and I learned what cannot be fit in a Honda Civic. You know what cannot be fit in a Honda Civic? An elephant. The boxes for my new desk. So what did you end up doing? Called my sister, and she came out and helped me at IKEA. <laughs> nice. So. The new desk is here, not yet assembled. All right. Well, good. That'll be fun. I mean, IKEA furniture is top of the line. Oh, yeah. IKEA, IKEA furniture is very nice. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah. So, we've got Comic-Con coming up on 17th through the 19th. Yeah, me and Brian will both be there. I actually am on a panel every day. And I will also, on Friday evening, for, or Friday afternoon, from 11.45 to 1.50, we'll actually have a table where I will be sitting, selling books, and signing them. That's so great. if we actually have any fans of the podcast that are at uh, DCC, feel free to hunt me down. Um, at a, a, it is booth PP13. It will be an artist alley. Um, I'm understanding it's near the tattered cover um, booth. I thought so. they were going to mix that up more. I thought that they. I thought that the idea was to intersperse, you know, the the vendor shops with the artist alley and and not have an artist alley anymore. What happened to that? I have. I'm not involved in the planning. Okay. Uh, all I know is this year, um, any author who is in the um, writing panels is given a two-hour spot on um, the tables. Okay. That's, that's like, cool. Yeah, well. Agent Carter's going to be there. Yep. Oh, yeah. Some really nice guests. Yeah. It keeps getting more and more impressive. Captain Jack from Doctor Who. Stan Lee. Well, yep, Stan Lee, although he's a pricey one. He's pricey um, if you want to in if you want to if you just want to go see him talk it's not pricey but if you yeah. want to get his autograph sure yeah Captain Jack from yeah. Captain Jack from Doctor Who you know couldn't they have gotten a really good vet good guest like the guy who plays Malcolm Merlin on Arrow right yeah, yeah. that would be yeah really good because that guy would be a much better guest hmm all right well it's time to masturbate don't you think I think sure so. I got nothing better to do <laughs> well <laughs> we'll see. Now, before we do that, I got to know if you guys actually understood what I just said. Didn't hear you. I'm assuming he's the same person. He's the same he person, the yeah. Same it's, person. The same, yeah. it's the same actor. Oh, yeah. Captain no, I, Jack Harkness and, and Merlin from, yes, we all know. <laughs> okay. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Sixteen ways to have, I guess this okay. is specifically women, right? Achieving orgasm. Um, no, I think there's some men in this one. Is there? Well, okay, it's mostly women, yeah, it so, seems like. Okay, yeah, well that's generally what we think of as women sitting on the um, washing machine during the right cycle, you know getting around and stuff. So this is um, talking about um, people who, at the wrong time, uh, inappropriate times, I should say. Um, I, I'm going to take of, issue with that. Is there really ever an inappropriate time? Uh, you know, sometimes, 
when I when I consider some things like this, I think women have it so lucky that they can have their genitals stimulated so easily by like vibrations and stuff that they're sitting on. But then I think, wait a minute. So how come so many women, uh, you know, haven't achieved orgasm? Because there's there's a spectrum, just like anything else, right? <laughs> some women some women can achieve orgasm this way, and others can't. I mean, that's uh, a lot of it's how relaxed you are with your body. I think as well. Maybe I don't know. So, I mean, the first one here, one time I had an orgasm standing up. I was drunk and in the middle of a conversation. That's awesome. That's not an inappropriate time. That's a fantastic time. Uh, well, what was the conversation about? That's the question. Well, that is a good question. <laughs> no, the second one I've heard before. I had an orgasm once while breastfeeding. Okay. Sure. And, Why know, not? There are reports. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not that awkward. I mean, I'm sure the baby didn't notice. Yeah. But there are reports. The baby's not like, what the hell, mom? <laughs> Like that one I've heard before that women will get aroused by breastfeeding, and there's a logic to that. I just I just hope they're not breastfeeding a six year old when it happens. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a bit uncomfortable. I had an orgasm in a restaurant while looking at a steak sandwich. What's wrong with that? uh, That's not inappropriate. Part of that is that she was vegan. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I once orgasm from attention, not no contact, just him focusing. On every part of my body during my meditation. Once I was thinking the Bronco the Gazer with I, that one. Oh, Brazzo. Brazzo! Brazzo the Gazer. Okay, but what's inappropriate about that? Uh, yeah, uh, th- that one, no. Well, we're not we're not necessarily saying these are inappropriate ways to... I thought that it said... I thought that's the title of the no, article. No, it said unusual. Oh, okay. Unusual. Okay, never so mind. necessarily inappropriate. Oh. I think I was the one that said inappropriate. Yeah, see, I think you're you're oh. wrong. Don't say that anymore. Fine. <laughs> now the next one I can understand. I had an orgasm when I went to the bookstore. So what? Well, I'm, I'm always when I'm whenever I go to a bookstore or a library, I always flip through books looking for naughty things. <laughs> nice. One time I had an orgasm just thinking about the time I kissed. And apparently and she I liked it. it. <laughs> That's awesome. Jinx. But uh, first... here's the thing: is that I'm I'm guessing by the context that this is another girl talking about kissing a girl. Yes, that would be my right. guess there as well. So all these, so far, all of these. I mean, it's yeah. hard to it's hard I, to I, know I for sure. Swear there was a, a guy or two in here, um, but it's been a little while since I read it. So okay. my first orgasm happened when I was doing sit-ups at the gym. I try to replicate it every time I go now. See, absolutely, that I would too. That's awesome. I would do sit-ups if that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, totally. I, I think a lot more people would go out and exercise. Yeah. We'd have a whole fitness epidemic going if that was like <laughs> my best orgasm ever. Hypnosis. Okay, awesome. I heard that, that was a thing and that the the sexual uh hypnosis was kind of popular. Yeah, I've heard about that too, but I but I've never had one. <laughs> one time this guy revved his index and I literally had an orgasm. Nice. Okay, I've got I've got two things to say about it. First one is I believe that's known as autoeroticism. Second, uh you know, uh-huh, women. Auto-eroticism. Second, uh, <laughs> women who achieve orgasm with mechanical assistance often feel guilty. Well, nobody's feeling guilty here. No, that's actually that's a line. Reference. Yeah, that's <laughs> a line from a movie. Oh, okay. Yep. Of course, this one we've heard about. I orgasm from my dream. Yeah, of course. I think most of us have probably have wet, had wet dreams. Yeah, that, that's that's one of those where it's like, yeah, that's not that surprising. Yeah, I haven't had enough of them. That's all I'm saying. And then the next one, I had an orgasm from me playing with my boobs. Yeah, okay, sure, why not? Not, not that unusual, but really yeah. sexy. Yeah, that's awesome. I can literally orgasm by just concentrating. Oh, my I, God. I do it at work, and nobody knows. This is unfair. Yeah. This is so this wrong. Is, and this is amazingly sexy. Oh, my God. I want to be able to do Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I had an orgasm when I got my... Yeah, okay, why not? 
That's awesome. Well, the, the tattooing art is also extremely sensual. Yeah, definitely that. Well, it has a buzz to it, and if they're doing and, sensitive areas, you know. Well, and it's it's also very very intimate between the tattoo artist and the and the canvas. So yeah, and and if you um you know if pain is your kink, that's a mild pain kind sure. of thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, the next one that uh, I, I definitely like. I once had an orgasm at a concert. I was so moved by the electricity in the air. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'm only able to orgasm when I'm dancing. I think this is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it's great that she can yeah. have an orgasm while she's dancing, but if that's the only time, man, that's going to make sexual intercourse difficult. Yeah. Okay, pirouette, and, you know, I, I just <laughs> I, I just don't see how this works. He's going to have to dip her. <laughs> I once had a spontaneous orgasm in the kitchen while hauling strawberries. It's still one of the best orgasms I've ever had. Awesome. And I don't uh, understand okay. what hauling strawberries is, Brian. Uh, I assume it's removing the top. That's what I was thinking. That's what I yeah. would think, yeah. yeah. An interesting time to have them. And that's one of those where you don't know quite what I mean, you're, you're digging your fingers into a juicy area, I guess. And... Well, and not only that, you know, that that, that is the, uh, the, you know, the statement of the plan. So yeah, Brian, uh, you're eating you're right. the sexual organ, you know, right from the start, so. It's all women. No yeah. Women. I thought there was a man one here, but. Oh, well. So I had, this made me think of a of a song by Garfunkel and Oltz called Go-Kart Racing Accidentally Masturbating. <laughs> now, I have a question about <laughs> okay, this. Yes, yes. Is this why uh, I start to feel ting- uh, tingle in my dingle whenever I play Princess Peach in Mario Kart? <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> So I would definitely add a little bit of that to to the podcast. <laughs> uh, did you guys listen to that song? Oh yeah, uh, I did. It's so much fun. Cute. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> oh, they're always fun. Anyway. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. Yeah, so there. Yeah, so that's what I thought of. All right. You know, in my like I said, women are so lucky. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it depends. In yeah. my experience, it um goes both ways. There are those that, and I, a lot of it is how relaxed they are with their bodies. I think that, that's what I've noticed. The women that are more relaxed with their bodies, more comfortable with sex in general, are the ones more likely to um get off on you know accidentally. And, yeah, I suppose you know, so. The more uptight ones are the ones that, in my experience, have a hard time getting off in general as it is. You know, so. I mean, if you if you're an open woman and uh, you you don't mind that kind of thing, just sit in the back of the bus, cross your legs, <laughs> have a have a nice time. Yeah, yeah. I I I'm I don't know for sure. I suspect that those things are on the rare side. Uh, you know, I, 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 I yes. Yeah, so, well, some of those sound real easy, except for the one that says that all she has to do is focus on it, and she has one. That's yeah, that, awesome. That's that that one definitely is probably you know. I, I doubt most women can do that. All right. I, I think more women are capable of getting to that point, but they just have to once more relax and not be so uptight about sex in general. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I... that's my thing. And thank Could you, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> just relax. <laughs> relax, and you will have more orgasms. Yeah, I'd hate to give the impression, though, that we thought that that was the norm. 
you know, I because I, right. I bet it's not, and that's un, it's unfortunate, you know, but I it probably is. All right, you guys ready for the beginning of the women week? Don't oh. get off selling strawberries. I, I guess not. <laughs> I got the impression that they did. Hmm. Oh well. Yeah. See, we've done a disservice to you. I know you've ruined my illusions. <laughs> uh, all right, are you ready for the bigot of the week now? As long as it's not me. Is anyone ever really ready? For no, the of they're the not. Week? So my bigot of the week is his name is John. I can't pronounce it. Anyway, so he, I guess he's a uh, a Ron Moore ally. States uh, states have a duty. Says Roy Moore. Ro- Roy Moore. Yeah, Roy Moore is the ally. So the actual person is John. Uh, I don't know. Idsmo is what Idsmo, I yeah. Uh, he says, states have a duty to nullify marriage equality decision. So what they're, but ba- the basic argument here from, from, from this people is that, um, that this of course was a non, not constitutional and, you know, and that, and on and on and on, and that it only applies to four states and not to Alabama. And it's, a, it's a state's rights issue, just like slavery right. was. Exactly, just like exactly, and and that's the problem, right? Is it's the same kind of rhetoric that we're hearing. Um, Ismo first justified Moore's actions, claiming uh, that the Supreme Court decision applies uh, specifically to four states, not Alabama. Um, and I, you know, here's a, the the way that they get to this logic sometimes is really messed up. But the the argument that I found the most egregious, and I don't know, I that I and that got me looking stuff up more was the this idea that um, Ginsburg and Keegan should recuse themselves from from making the decision. So do you know why yeah. they why they should do that? Because they perform same sex marriages. So, so basically, all the other judges who performed um, opposite sex marriages. Exactly. They exactly. If you performed it, yeah, exactly. Under that logic, they should also recuse themselves. I would also say that Scalia should have recused himself because of his faith. Yeah. Uh, uh, When you get to that technicality, everyone, uh, every judge should for every case. There's going to be a level of actions in their past that will reflect certain aspects of the case. Right. Well, everybody, everybody has like some sort of. past that uh, have influenced the way they feel about yeah. subjects uh, that's yeah exactly yeah the, so the, uh, you look at the judges they generally um go one way or the other on most of these because that's the way they, they view things right and so, let, let, to be fair that's not how they should go that's not how it should be done right. it's they're supposed to be impartial and they're supposed to be making judgments based on the law but we are humans and that's just not it, it can never be that clear-cut right but that's one reason why you want a diverse um, group like the Supreme Court, where it's half right. and half, yeah, where they can't well, the su- Supreme Court should represent the. It, it should again should represent the uh, the flavor of the nation. Right. So, how does that work when when the flavor of the nation changes? If if you have decisions made by a previous Supreme Court that no longer um, are applicable, how, how do you deal with that? They have to wait until a case comes through that uh, concerns that issue, and then they can. But they can't. Yeah. They can't arbitrarily change it. Yeah, because they're not. They're not legislator. Yeah. They are the judicial branch, where they weigh the law. They don't make the law. Right. Right. They they, they, do not, they do not have the power to go back and redo a case. Right. They have to wait for another case concerning that issue to come back to and make a, a new fresh judgment on it. Well, and I and I still have yet to hear somebody make a argument. About why we shouldn't have same-sex marriage, other than because God. 
Right. There's Wait, no rational no. legal um, argument. Actually, for it. no. Um, this is. Uh, I think the. Uh, I think the case is Eidsmo versus Butthurt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, by, by all the all the laws of the land and everything like that, there's no good legal case against Satan Six. Right, and they say, say it's not constitutional. It's not constitutional. Well, but the Constitution doesn't say a man and a woman, right? right. I mean, it it, it just well, the Constitution doesn't mention marriage at all. It's right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So yeah. So. So this idea that whether it's constitutional or not, I mean, it, it probably they they made it what I think that they made a Fourteenth Amendment, you know, basically saying an equality argument, which I buy, um, but of course I'm biased. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, but that was the piece of it that and, uh, that's really interesting, and I and I, I dug into that more. You know, um, this was a, this was an argument that was made by Brian Fisher. I don't. He might not have been the only one back in like 2014 before the case, before it went to the Supreme Court, saying that Keegan uh, actually October 1st, 2014. Um, so, do you guys know who Brian uh, Fisher is? He's uh, is he? I don't think he's is he American Family. I don't know. He's a, he's a fundamentalist. I mean, he's we we've, we've talked about him before. So um, he he argued right from the start that Bader Ginsburg and and uh, and Keegan should recuse themselves because they perform these same-sex marriages. But he never says the same about a religious bias, of course. Yeah, no, because no, it's it's all butthurt. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's all it's all about. Well, I don't like this, and so I'm going to take my toys. Right. And so, and when they say it's destroying the moral fabric of America, I, I don't know what that means. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean, and why that's supposed to be an argument. So. So anyway, so it's it's basically a bullshit argument. It is a bullshit argument. It's Absolutely, just, yeah. So. It, it, it's the whole thing. It equates sex and sexuality with morality, and they're not uh, equate. They're they're not equal. They're not the no. same thing. Well, and we also talked before about the um, what about the children argument? Time and time again, all the decency laws that keep getting passed, they're always passed because they're going to you know naughty language, nudity, all that's going to hurt the children. And time and time again, every study ever done. And so, no, actually, there's no connection whatsoever yeah, about that, kids yeah. being exposed to all that, being corrupted. So the, the laws you keep passing actually aren't doing a damn thing that you're claiming they are. They're just you can, deciding what our morality has to be. Right. And the other – so the other argument that they, they make is that the, that that uh, uh, the law can't override you know God's marriage. He gave us marriage, and which is an obscure argument at best. Oh. And that, that's a personal religious argument right. to try and force it the other way actually goes against religious freedom. Right. So, you know, to, to try and say we have to go by your um, religious idea of marriage, uh, that violates religious freedom, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I, I think so the, that's, the thing uh, is, too, that uh, the idea of uh, marriage being something that is uh, organized and, you know, uh, managed by the church, that is a very, very, very recent thing um less 200 years like, yeah i mean before it used to be the case throughout history like the church didn't care about your marriage you you didn't even need to have a ceremony you basically start living with a girl and say okay we're married yeah well and even prior well, to that yeah that's still common law right yeah and biblically speaking the bible actually does say that's all you need to do for marriage that there is stuff in the bible saying basically you want to get married you go and say hey we're married and that's it but the Bible does not go into any more details than that. Right, but even prior to that, if you didn't if you didn't own any property and you didn't own anything, marriage was a pretty much irrelevant. It didn't matter because if you didn't have anything, 
you didn't have anything for, to protect, so marriage right. was really not important. So marriage, no one cared. Yeah, yeah. So and, and, and like it wasn't the church that a lot of the time it was the parents that arranged a marriage and they they put that together and everything. Right, right. They didn't have any priest, you know, invoking the will of God for you for you to be married. Mm-hmm. It's just, hey, uh, I'm giving you my daughter in marriage. Celebrate. And basically, you look at it. The church got involved because they didn't want government to have all the control over it. Right. There, 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 it, there's a connection like that. The government started. To, you know, keeping better track of marriage and making a bigger deal about it. the church said, hey, wait a moment. We can't let you have complete control over that. We need to have some power. Okay, so here, this, looking- you know what, this, so let me read this first part to you. So that's, so I, uh, yeah, the, I was looking for this. So John Ismo, the, um, what, uh, Christian uh, recreationist attorney uh, who works for the Alabama Justice, uh, Chief Justice Roy Moore, um, Foundation for Moral Law, Joined conservative radio host uh, John uh, Jerry Newcomb on his show Thursday to discuss more standing against the Supreme Court marriage equality decision, which has gotten him suspended from the po- from his post. So this guy, so this guy has gotten himself kicked, you know, gets suspended because he because he's going up against the Supreme Court decision. He's not even the first person who tried to be a martyr doing this, right? Which makes him, you know, not very interesting. Yeah. Now, one I'm of just, the memes I've seen. I'm just saying. Po- one of the memes I've seen floating around right now that actually presents a really good point is um, to these bigots. You are aware that Eve was Adam's transgendered clone, right? Oh, that's good. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, and then, of course, there's the argument that uh, Jesus being born only of a woman could not have actually been male. Well, he could because God. Yeah, I mean, the, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit did come upon her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't say didn't. wait i've seen that, that i've about inside though i've seen that porn too <laughs> okay hey what do we want to do next here because i i have some i have some misinformation about a email that's going around okay um or do we want to move on to something else let's go ahead and do this misinformation okay so um i got an i got an email and i and I put the I put a link to the email in here. I created a Word doc. You guys should be able to see, or I created a Google doc. I don't know how I can show this to everybody, but the subject line is Mayo Clinic talks about water, and it starts off with a cardiologist determined that the heart that that heart attacks can be triggered by dehydration, and it says good thing to know from the Mayo Clinic how folks. Uh, uh, how folks do? You, how many folks do you know who say that they won't drink water? Before going to bed, because that's good. And so, but here the thing is that the, this never says who that cardiologist is. There, there's no reference to who the cardiologist was. Um, heart attacks and Walker drinking one glass of water before usually they, bed. Usually, at least yeah. make up a name and exactly some hospital somewhere, right. So uh, you would think, but they didn't even do that. Heart attack and water um, drinking one glass of water before going to bed avoids stroke and heart attack. Interesting. But here's the thing. Um, there's there's no sources cited. We don't know who the cardiologist is. And um, the, the and I, when I when I tried to Google this and tried to find a connection, I, I did find the um, the stuff from the Mayo Clinic, which I, which I put under here under science bitches. And okay. the, so so the the actual Mayo Clinic article about hydration, which is interesting, right? And it talks about it, but it makes no correlation between heart attack and stroke and and dehydration. It it isn't made here. And so I could not find anywhere where where it gets made, and so I, I finally responded um, to the email because it was it was sent by a family member, um, and it was sent to a couple of other family members, and 
and they, and I don't know who else they might have sent it to. But they but the, people are sending this stuff without without reading it, without verifying it. And it's it's a basic chain letter as you read down further into it. Um maybe I'll put maybe when I post this, I'll post the Snope stuff. Um, because the Snope stuff to um, you know, goes through the article. I don't want to just post this. So I think I'll post the Snope stuff when I go to do it. Um it, it it says basically, you know, to forward this to as many people as you can, and you know, maybe we can save one life. And and I'm like, you know, um, this is this is really just, um, you know, chain letter propaganda, and and there's no reason to think that it works. And and if the information was good, that would be one thing. But as it is, it's spreading misinformation. You know, hydration in its in and of itself is not a bad thing. Nope. Is somebody not wearing headphones? I'm, I'm wearing hearing headphones. a big echo. Um, I I'm wearing headphones. I'm more Jones. Uh, I guess uh, we had got to figure out who it is, huh? Let's see. Anyway, hydration. In- Are you guys hearing that echo too? No, I'm not hearing the echo at all. I was. I'm hearing double speak here. So. You're you're hearing an echo. Wait, I am. Let me pause my side, or let me let me uh, mute myself. You guys have got to okay. talk. I mean, if I mute myself, right. yeah, go go ahead and talk. Okay. So. Um, Hydration in and of itself is not a bad thing, but if you go into this believing that if you hydrate, you're not going to have a stroke, that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's yeah, one... I heard no, I heard no echo on that. So, so it's a, so it's on my side. It was all Brian. And the echo seems gone now. All is it, Brian. Is it gone now? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't hearing it from you. I was hearing it only from Mac and um, dumbass. Yeah. But now it's gone. Okay. All... <laughs> this is going to be fun to edit. Okay. <laughs> so my my issue was not. Whether hydration was good or bad, my my issue was that that the art the the information in the email was misleading. Right, because we know hydration is good. Right, so exactly. No yeah, doubt at all in the least that you want to keep hydrated. But if if you're gonna make if you're gonna make a claim that's that a cardiologist says that it's linked to dehydration is linked to stroke and to um. To, you know, to strokes and heart attacks, you, you you better cite your source and you better tell me who the cardiologist is, right? I mean, I I, I have to be able to verify it. And so I wrote a nice letter to my family members, and and they and they, and they both and there was two of them responded very nicely to me, and that they appreciate appreciated that I fact checked it. And so so in this situation, it worked out okay because you know my because my family members read what read what I had to say and went oh okay, you know, and yeah, I, I don't know if they fact checked me, which. I get. I cited them sources for them to look at, and right. and they're welcome to fact check me, right? But at least I mean, I what s- people. What I think people need to develop more of is like more of a bullshit sensor. Yeah, something like wait, that doesn't sound exactly right. Uh, I should look into this before just passing it on. Well, and I I would say that the idea that that dehydration could be linked to stroke or or heart attack is not completely. Um, doesn't sound completely unrealistic, right? There, there could be a link, but it needs to be no, shown, yeah, of course. right? So, so it doesn't sound like bullshit on the surface of it. So. Uh, you know what? Something uh, interesting happened to me. I like I learned that uh, like I've got a condition called psoriasis. It's a skin condition, and I learned that uh, people with psoriasis uh, tend to need to drink more water uh, in general. Uh, just this past Wednesday, I was feeling. Uh, really funny and i was wondering if uh, if it was something serious maybe i was having a stroke or something and i went down to the emergency room and got all sorts of tests done and the doctor said they couldn't detect anything wrong with me and they thought i was just dehydrated yeah although i'm not too sure whether i was i i think i started feeling better 
you know, after they told me that they didn't think there was anything wrong with me and before they gave me the water. So I think it might have been a little bit of a panic attack. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. No, I never heard drink water. <laughs> no, no, and and not feeling good. Yeah. drink some water. Well, so so what? My response was to send them the information from the Mayo Clinic that it looked like was being cited, so that they could read through that. And I sent them the Snopes information. And uh, so I, you know, the thing is, is that I set out to educate, and and I and I think I actually succeeded this time. So I was, so it was it was kind of a fun little um, experiment. I think people are generally receptive if you don't come off as too hostile. Yeah. Well, in this case, they were. So it was good. So yeah. So stay hydrated, but that, but I don't know that it's going to stop a heart attack. It All just right. won't hurt anything or make you worse. There you go. Woman finds a uh, woman fired for feeding homeless. Find. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Right, so this she, one I love because this is one of those things where the woman has her religion right for once, and she's getting in trouble for it. Now, as I heard it, uh, this woman, the, the the problem was that she didn't have the proper uh, license or something. Well, she's no, supposed no. to have a permit, but she claims she has it. Yeah. Okay. They, uh, How they, did she have some some sort of a did she have some sort of a, a booth set up or something like that, or was she just handing out sandwiches? I think she was just handing out sandwiches, but she had done everything legally to make it so she was had she to though do it. I I I, I I'm I don't know. I I, I feel like that is what she says, but you only have one source here, number one, and it's from her side. I, I really wonder if there's something more going on here that we're missing. Reading through uh, this, I, I, I find it I, – I can't – I find it difficult to um, – I, I don't because we've been seeing a lot of this where people are, um, who have longstanding been doing the right thing and feeding the homeless, have all the permits and everything, are getting in trouble and stuff and are finding that the neighborhoods are making it harder for them. To do that, you we where we've been seeing. I I mean I, I I've seen a few other examples of it. Um, where, where you know this it's very similar to this, where um someone who's been doing it for a long time had been doing it through the proper channels and everything. One sometimes it's one little slip up and suddenly oh you're in trouble. We you know you can't do this ever again kind of thing. And it's one of those silly things where it's like of all the things to cut to um over overreact to. It's like this is the kind of thing where you give them a second chance. Say oh. You know, you didn't fill this out properly. We'll let you go this time with the warning. Get it done. But well, let me. I guess my question is: Is this somewhere where they are trying to cut down on the homeless, and maybe this is a way of trying to roust the roust the homeless out of the area? That, that's what I. That's what I've really believed with a lot of what I've been in situations. You know, there are towns that are homeless friendly, and then there are towns that are not homely. Right. So. I found a HuffPo article, and it sounds like that this is not uncommon. Uh, attempting for share bans nationwide, food share bans nationwide. So there, there are some bans on this. Uh, Colorado has one. Uh, Florida yeah. has lots of them. Yeah, yeah. California has lots of. Them. And a lot of it has to do with um, property values, and you know the, the people that have the money can you know push it so it's harder. But um, the the main reason I put this in here is I love her justification. This is her religion. According to her, this is what you're spo- a, a good Christian is supposed to do. You're not supposed to judge people. You're not supposed to um, go after the homosexual or anything. You're supposed to let them be. What you're supposed to do is feed the hungry, help the poor, help other people out. That is her religion. I mean, and this is her church. It's going out there and helping people. That, that's a good know. sentiment, kinda, but uh, I think it's, it's, weird it's not. Exa- it's a good sentiment, but it's not a good reason to you know break the law. Yeah, if she was breaking law, like I said, according to what she's saying here, she's not. She didn't actually break the law. The police were 
um, kind of pushing her out. And that, you know, because at first it almost sounds like she might have been. You know, talking about this this is her free exercise of religion. But then later on, it talks about how she did have the proper stuff with the pudding care. She did have, it even says, it turns out though, she did have a permit that was up to date and valid. That permit says she absolutely can serve food. She showed a copy to the officer. Uh, they didn't really know what to charge me, is what she claimed out. So it sounds more like they just were trying to push her out. You know, if what she's saying is true and there and there isn't something that we're missing here, it, it does it does seem a little egregious. Mm. Um, you know, but here's the thing is that there are health standards and stuff that need to be maintained. And as long as she's maintaining all of those, there, there should be a proper way for her to do this. Oh, and like I said, if she showed him the permit that says he can serve food, uh, I don't know quite what the problem is. Because, you know, and, and you're right to some extent, this is all from her point of view. And, you know, so we are getting only one side of it. But there's some stuff here that doesn't, to me at least, sound like the police just um, were probably called in by people that didn't want um, the homeless thinking they could be comfortable well, police can overstep their bounds. Absolutely, yeah. they can. Yeah, and maybe they did. I just, I just think that it feels like we're missing something here. I don't know. I'm sure there's a piece of the puzzle missing somewhere. Yeah. But like I said, the, the main point is, you know, what she said is what I think more Christians to live by. Okay, you know, that should be their church. That should be how they pray. That should be what they focus on more than whether or not two men are getting married or if a transgender person is using the wrong restroom. Fair enough. Jesus, I don't think Jesus could care less about that crap. But he did say, feed the um, poor, take care of them, help your fellow man. He said that quite a lot. I so, think I think he also said, what you do to the least of my brothers, you do also to me. Yep. So, you know, see the type of Christian we need more of if Christians want to, you know, convince us that they are a worthy group of people. Hey, guys, he's I, the one I'd like to see more out there. Well, actually, I got to step that, away for a second. I'll be right back. That kind of um, I don't think Christians necessarily want to convince anybody that they're a worthy group of people. I think that the concept that they may be anything other than a worthy group of people would escape them. True. So. All right. Are we ready to move on? Sure. It's not cute when dads threaten my son for dating their daughter. Yeah. This is uh, I, I uh, really like the sentiment uh, in this article. I mean, it starts off uh, with this uh, kind of funny picture. Um, uh, it's a, a guy standing with his arm around his girlfriend. And then the next picture is the dad standing around in the same pose with his arm around the guy. And, he said, and the caption is, whatever you do to my daughter, I will do to you. And it's a standard uh, kind of thing that's out there. You heard all the time about fathers you know, threatening the um, dates and stuff. and It's a very societal joke we have. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, um, I think um, uh, I think uh, the girl who uh, wrote this, uh, is that the the name of the girl on top there? Casey Ferris? Yeah. Well, the, the article itself says this picture it was a joke. The family was all in it. They were just messing yeah. around having fun, which is fine. But it, yeah. the, the, the overall joke itself, the way our society views it is what's that? Well, the thing the thing I think about uh, that is that I think this is actually a sign of progress, because I think when you can make fun of old tropes like this, it's a way of distancing yourself from them. And it's a way of, you know, saying, look, look, I'm showing you how ridiculous these old tropes are by making fun of them like this. That's a good point. Right. The, the, the whole idea of, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, dad is on the porch with his shotgun, you know, cleaning his shotgun when the, when the boy comes to pick up his daughter, you know, well, you, shit like that. 
you're moving to Texas right now with three daughters. So isn't that supposed to be what you're going to have to do? Yeah, I actually, you, I think that you have to buy a shotgun within the first 30 days of uh, well, moving no, to Texas. Um, I've actually, I've actually spoken to a friend of mine who lives down in Texas. They said that if you were pulled over and they search your car and you do not have a weapon, they fine you and then issue one. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, you're going to be required to be the overprotective father, aren't you? Ugh. Because you know, all, all the all the young boys are going to think exactly like you and be after the exact th- same thing you are. When yeah, you exactly, exactly. I, I I know how I know how I thought as a kid. Yeah, but I love the the article says that there's a difference between thinking and actions. Right. They don't equate each other. I mean, right. let's be honest. When we're teenagers, both boys and girls, we are all thinking about sex. Yes. Oh yeah. My, my We're all boy, thinking about getting into that boy or girl's pants. Yes. And both my boys talk about sex constantly. Yet, honestly, I, I my 16-year-old definitely isn't quite the right mentality to be aggressive that way. And my 13-year-old, you know, I guess we'll see. He, he, he's the one I could see being a little more aggressive. But even there, you know, it, 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 I, I, I have faith that would be consensual and be, you know, they, they know common sense. I've talked to them about it. You know, I said, listen, if you get in that relationship, you know, I will gladly buy you condoms and stuff. Right. Uh, you know, but I, I'm, you know, I have two boys. So supposedly according to our society ideas, I'm, you know, I'm not the one that has to be protected because it's all on the female's point um, the female's responsibility to stay pure while the boys are not supposed to be as concerned. Right. Well, that. the whole idea is that, that a, a woman or a girl is never going to pursue a man for sex, a boy for sex. Right. right? It's always the it's always the boy that's going to be pressuring is, is pressuring the girl. That's how it always works. And, and it's well, the girl's and, fault if he gives in. And, and, and I can say boys from, are supposed to be experienced when they come to the marriage bed and girls are supposed to be pure. Right. And if the girl gives it up, she's a slut. And if the boy gives it up, then he gets high fives all around. Right. right. And, and I and I he know gets, he gets lectured by mom and then quietly, quietly congratulated by dad and asked for details. I, I, I've had women pursue me or have I got that for wrong? sex. Women pursue other people for sex. And, and so this this whole idea that that it only happens one way is total bullshit. Right. Well, yeah, well, said, the, the women are supposed to be the responsible ones. If they're the ones that give it up, they're at fault. Not that's, the boys for trying. Once again, that's total bullshit. Yeah. But, you know, and uh, and I do really see the point here. I mean, I, I can put myself in the place of here and imagine. Wait, my th- my son. I don't have a son, but if, if it happened, my son just got threatened uh, for right. going on a date with a girl. That that is not okay. Oh, yeah, I, I I'd be upset myself if uh, my, either my boy started dating a girl whose father was like that. And Brian has three daughters. People, right? Exactly. So, and yeah. and I would say, I wouldn't threaten every boy, but I would threaten Ian's boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I threatened my boys. Oh, so. right. It, it would totally come off differently for me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, there was a Billy Crystal routine about this, and he was talking about most parents' fear is the guy who knocks on the door and says, Hi, I'm Carl, the boy with the biggest penis in the world. <laughs> His fear was the kid who comes to the door and says, Oh, hi, Mr. Crystal. I've got all your albums. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Okay, so this next article. Right. Uh, the, so, I'm a strong woman, but I don't like making the first move. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one that uh, I found online. And, um, well, basically, uh, she's saying she's listing reasons why uh, she's not comfortable making the first move. And uh, a couple of them I can agree with, but a lot of them I think are filled with, like, really bad stereotypes. Well, what, now, well, let, let me. Thing- 
I, I like to explain to women, men are idiots. We really are. <laughs> and we're not going to get subtle signs of interest. In, make the first move. Okay. Be aggressive. Okay. Too stupid All right. To okay. okay. Let, let him go through them because, because I yeah. think you're, you have some of the same thought process as I did here. Let me first uh, list the one that uh, a couple of them that I think are perfectly valid. Uh, number four, being pursued is awesome, and yeah. that is that is perfectly but valid. You like don't that. you don't need to you 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 don't need to validate that to me. Of course, uh, that's both the same for both a guy and a girl. Right. Being, it goes both ways. The, the fact that somebody is really into you like that, and that uh, they're willing to pursue like that, that's a that's a huge ego boost. That is something that. I think everybody can agree on that we want. She also says um, making the first move is scary. That's number six, That's which true. it can be. I, uh, I, I'm afraid of making the first move myself. I would rather a girl make the first move. I, I don't think that, um, that that's something you really need to you know, it, it's not something that, that you re- even really need to say. It's something that, yeah, of course, and uh, you, you don't need to validate that to me. But here's... Uh, Parts of them where I think that uh, she really falls off the rails here. It says, one, if he hasn't made a move, it's safe to assume he's not interested. Really? What total really? bullshit. Oh, stupid. my God. That This one pissed me off. It's like, that, that, no, it's not safe to assume that. Maybe he wants to be pursued. Maybe you, I mean, that this one is a total, ah, this one pissed me off. So, I mean, the part of it that really pissed me off, she says here, um, chasing women is something guys do naturally. I've never been good at it. Double I'm, standard yeah. much? Yeah, I'm not. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say that this is something I'm particularly good at. Yeah, in fact, well, my present like, girlfriend yeah. right now pursued me, and the way um, she flirted with me was um, at a convention. She approached me and asked if um, she could buy a couple of my books. And, you know, it's like, okay. You know, that, that hinted that she was interested in I mean, this Wait, that's all it takes? Bullshit about, no. More bullshit about gender roles that uh, is just like, yeah. I think it's toxic. It's like uh, this is how guys are supposed to do. Guys are supposed to do the chasing. They're, they're manly. Yeah, this is the guys usually aren't shy about letting girls know he likes her. Well, I'm that's not necessarily about. true. What are you talking yeah. about? I mean, and 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 signals get crossed all the time. Oh, yeah. And when signals get crossed, usually man, the man gets in trouble. I, I, I was two. I was sure she knew I liked her because I kept pulling her hair. <laughs> Yeah, number two starts off. Did, you know, why didn't she know that I liked her when I drove past her house six times? <laughs> <laughs> why did? So like number two, flirting is fun and harmless. That's great. You know. Wait, we all I flirt. thought. Oh yeah, okay. But um, to to it, it's kind of weird to say that that has something to do with whether or not you pursue them. Well, that's not to say that sometimes you you there's certain guys that will maybe mistake. The flirting yeah. to mean more than it does, right? And, um, yeah. This take what's not flirting to be more. Yeah, it was just I, harmless. I, I, I myself have trouble understanding the distinction between flirting because uh, uh, I'm uh, often joking with people. You guys know that I joke with you a lot. This is how I act around everybody. Right. And I wonder sometimes if girls would think I'm flirting. I, I feel like I can be a little more openly joking about, especially like pretending to be uh, flirtatious and sexual and stuff around guys because girls w- might. Uh, think i'm being creepy right and of course number three i find amusing because actually in my experience the guys that are more aggressive and more like what she sounds like she wants the guys do are probably the ones more likely to go after you for cheap hookups. okay so it says <laughs> we don't want to run the risk of being used as a cheap hookup really and i mean <laughs> if, if, okay. if you do want to have a cheap hookup there is nothing wrong with that right exactly so uh, don't, don't try but, to stigmatize the women no. who might want that kind of 
So yeah, I mean, like if you don't if you don't want to to run the risk of being used as a cheap hookup, that's that's fine. But um, the, have, having the guy make the first move doesn't guarantee that he's not just right. looking after as a cheap hookup. I, I sometimes I mean, if you're looking for a cheap hookup, you're probably going to make the first move. Yeah. And what about women who are looking for a cheap hookup? It's not yes, impossible. Like I already said. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Apparently, um, they have to find guys to make to not make the first move or something like that. Right. <laughs> but it gets some weird logic that doesn't quite. Here's the thing: is that she she talks about you know, right from the beginning being strong and independent. Right, the, the women are strong and independent these days, and uh, some think that should translate into dating. Well, if you, I want equality, but not all the time, that's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's 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 very double standard. Yeah, I and it's it's really it's actually kind of a bad article. Yeah, wow. it is. Well, until so, the last one, chivalry isn't dead. It's not quite the last one. There's more oh. after the thing there. Oh, there but, is. Uh, chivalry okay. isn't dead. Okay. Um, and and that I guess that's more a thing. Uh, that's not quite about making the first move. No. I mean, uh, but, it's like uh, having been open doors for you. Okay, that's something that some women like. But here's but, the problem: is that open doors for anyone? It's not, exactly. But you know. but we see we see guys who, if a woman opens the door for them, they won't go through. And and so this is where this is this can be a problem is that if a woman opens the door for you and you won't go through you're you now now you're not representing her as an equal you're saying oh no I must open the door for you because you're a woman. <laughs> oh, we had a whole talk on chivalry. Um, exactly right. Years so ago. so if I mean, a woman opens the door for you, you go through right. Yeah. And and I, I was open, and, I open the door for anybody behind me. If sure, I, that's being polite. Right. Exactly. Chivalry. Politeness. Right, but and, and I'm Canadian, so like I I've, I open the door, I look behind me, I see a guy who's a little ways away. I'm uh, I, I'll keep on holding the door so much that I feel guilty for inconveniencing the guy because then the guy has to run. <laughs> but you but you you apologize at the same time, right? Of course, of course. Canadian. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. So number seven, guys who pursue are more romantic. Oh, maybe. But then again, what is romance? I mean, romance is such a bizarre term. Really? You know, I was kind of thinking the, that myself. You have the movies and stuff that give a specific idea of romance, but even there, it's not really being romantic. A lot of it seems like it's playing a game. I get uh, all I get all my romantic tips from Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you and your wife. Uh, that, might be <laughs> that might work. Huh? <laughs> uh, like in, in, instead of romance, uh, if I'm thinking of a long-term rela- relationship with a girl, I'm thinking more in terms of consideration and stability. Yeah, I'm thinking more in terms of like just thinking of the other person and right. being like, when, when you're out, you see something in the store that you think that person would like, you'd be like, I'm going to pick that up for her. And and that I, I'm not sure if you call that romantic. Some people might call it romantic, but I think that is the kind of thing where, you, where you're thinking about that person a lot and doing little things in order right. to show that you're thinking. About it. So that's what I think is more important. I mean, like romance, I think is more like the formal. Just trying to be like really suave and, you know, like just it seems kind of bullshit to me. Romance is very, very personal. Yeah, but I think what you can what you consider to be romantic, what uh, what one person considers to be romantic, another person may not see that way. But I think what's happened is we've let um, the real realtors, retailers, yeah, the retailers and realtors <laughs> kind of control romance. Valentine's Day is pretty much a Hallmark holiday. Pretty much pushed just to sell products. Yeah, I'm, but let, let's let's get back to the 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 point here. What she's saying, guys who pursue are more romantic. 
I mean, I'm thinking maybe if a if a guy's uh, really trying to pursue a girl and uh, get somewhere with her, he's probably going to put a big showing into trying to uh, show uh, his more romantic side, you know, to, and and that could very well be just to get into her panties. Well, yeah. doesn't it make romance pretty superficial anyway? I mean, at that point, I think it is. Yeah, it, it, it says they're also more passionate, which can mean better sex. That I, I, I'm. I don't think she has any data on this. I don't think so either. This is this is this is subjective. Well, once again, but this is her opinion. This is how she's pursuing a relationship, right? And so these are this is how. I mean, once again, I'm not going to date this woman, right? But somebody, somebody, somebody who agrees with this stuff, maybe me, you know, they'll make a better connection. (laughs) So yeah, so a lot of this just maybe some sour grapes about this is why this is why I I can't get a good date. (laughs) Possibly. If he romantically pursues you, it's more likely that he wants something real. I I, I don't know that that's true either. He that's may just want to. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, uh, there's there are any number of guys who are willing to put in whatever it takes to seal the deal. Don't, don't you think if, if if it's more real, then they're gonna then it's gonna be more substantial. It's gonna be more exchange and talking and getting to know each other. Then yeah. hey, here's some flowers. Is your bedroom free? <laughs> right. I don't know. That second option sounds pretty good. And if and if it's really good, I got chocolates for you too. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing about this is, uh, I don't think she really needs a reason to validate liking to be pursued. There's nothing nope. wrong with liking yeah. to be pursued. I think, but she she's looking for reasons to justify this, and she's coming up with bad ones. Can I uh, throw a weird little theory out here? No. I think <laughs> that a strong woman doesn't really need to justify what she's doing. Oh, burn. It's not a burn. It's an opinion. Oh, okay. But it is an opinion. Well, this whole, it's an opinion piece, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we did, we disagree with her opinions. Okay. And that's fine. She's probably a lovely person and probably, (laughs) yeah, I mean, we, we disagree with her, but I I mean, she, she's, I mean, she's not dumb. She knows what she wants, what she wants. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with wanting what you want. It's just that it it, it really kind of seems like she's she's complaining about what her why her life isn't the way that she wants it to be. Is she complaining though? I I don't know. It it comes across that way to me. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. I I don't know. I I disagree with her opinions and 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 that and but it, I guess you know it's it's fine. I mean she she's got an idea of what she wants and hopefully she gets it. Yeah. Could we do with another uh, article to go over? We're a little bit early. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. What do you got? All right. This might be interesting to discuss. I'll put that in the notes. <sighs> so this is something I came across um, from a podcast called Missed in History. I haven't listened to it. They've been receiving comments and emails that, uh, oh, you seem to be covering, you know, pretty much nothing but uh, women in history. Maybe you should change your name and stuff like that. And uh, the one podcaster, Tracy Wilson here, made a post on this where she went through their all their episodes and figured out which ones were devoted to uh, men in history, which ones were devoted to women in history, and which ones were devoted to uh, other topics, ungendered topics. And what it came down to is basically less than a third of the episodes she found were devoted to actually talking about women. And it kind of goes to basically show that uh, people can have like an exaggerated impression about how often 
some of these types of subjects come up. I'd like to know if the complainers are men or women. (laughs) (laughs) Is that terrible of me? (laughs) I I, I suspect I know which one it is. I suspect that they're men. Let's see. Did they give any names? Uh... And the other thing is that even if it was primarily women, I think that might be justified because I think that their uh, their historical um, what they've contributed is often overlooked, probably more than men. Yeah. So so the, so that kind of a, a skew might be perfectly justified. But but it's a it's a thing about people's perceptions, and I uh, I kind of was thinking over it a little bit and trying to think think about what could be the reasons for this. I, I imagine. I mean. It's less than a third, more like a fifth in a lot of cases. But uh, let's say it was a third that they're talking about women. I can imagine that if you hear the topic of women coming up every third episode, that that might seem like a lot. I mean, like then when you say to say it's mostly about women, that kind of uh, I guess you're not you're not really paying attention. You're just going with a feeling then, I guess. And I guess some people. Some people feel like they they want to react like it's some sort of affirmative action type thing that they're that they're doing and maybe they shouldn't be doing it as much. But when you look at the data, it turns looks like it's uh, pretty proportional, representational. That um, you know, even if they were do- talking about women half the time, half half women, half men, that uh, that might make sense. Although I suppose men are more prominent in history just in general, right? Because women are overlooked. Yeah. Well, also, they tend to play a greater role uh, in history because essentially because society has been male run. Right. Exactly. The patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there it looks to me like they're setting up a good chunk of their uh, topics to women. And the data pretty clearly shows that these guys who think that uh, that they're talking mostly about women are getting the wrong impression. And that's uh, kind of a bias that I guess a lot of guys will tend to have. I heard that there is a there are studies showing that um, uh, people will overestimate the amount of women in a crowd. Hmm, that's interesting. That is. Anyway, just wondering what your guys' thoughts are on that. You know, here here's the thing: is once again, if if you're the ones doing the podcast, you do the information that that is most interesting and relevant to you. And if it and if it is women, um, and and it, it just says. Uh, you missed it in history, and if it, even if it was skewed towards women, the title's still appropriate, right? Yeah, right. They don't have to go changing the title just because, it, even if it was mostly just about women, that's bullshit. I can, I can, I can, I can name my podcast whatever I want and talk about whatever I want in general, right? right. Now, if you don't like it, don't listen to the podcast. Exactly. It, it, this that that is uh. the other thing is is just because and you you the name is it's nice if it's relevant to your podcast, right? But we've right. kind of, you know, we we kind of drift away from our name, right? But we but we do the stuff that we enjoy doing, right? The podcast is as much for us as anybody listening. Mm-hmm. And so if they're enjoying what they're doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, even if it is mostly women, good. Are you on saying them. we become too professional? Uh, no, no longer no. amateur skeptics. No, we are <laughs> we are most definitely amateurs. No, that that is true. <laughs> I guess my my point is that they you should change your name because you talk about women so much is. I mean that it's so childish. Mm. It's yeah, yeah. I, I I just think they should tell these people to go somewhere else. Podcasting for me is not a big money maker, you know. <laughs> so so if somebody has a problem with what we're doing, they could go somewhere else. And and I imagine these people are in the same boat. They're not making a lot of money off their podcast. 
right? It's it's if that, they are, I want to know how. Well, there are people that are right. I mean, there, there, there are, are people that are that are making a lot of money off the podcast. There are people who are making a lot of money blogging, right? But the the by and large, most people are just doing it for the fun of it to to right. to have a little discussion to get their to get their word out there, right? So to get nitpicky that they name their podcast wrong, bite me. <laughs> So I say, keep on keeping on. Yeah, I think we're done. All right. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. Goodnight. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.